Living the Abundant Life podcast with Rob and Sarah Betts. Living the Abundant Life is a weekly podcast designed to help others learn to live in abundance. And now, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, it is time for another episode of our podcast, Living the Abundant Life with Rob and Sarah. I'm Rob. And I'm Sarah. And we are excited to be back with you. This is actually our fifth week. Right. And we've been talking on the subject of love. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit more in depth on that today. We're excited because today we're going to teach you six practical ways to put love in action. Right. We're uh, we're going to finish up this series, but that doesn't mean that we're exhausting the subject of love. But these practical th- practical things that we're talking about will. Uh, will help us to be able to apply love in our lives in different situations. And so uh, if, you, if you're watching this at home, if you're driving, don't get a pen. But if you're watching this at home, grab a pen so you can write these down. You can always go back and look at them again. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to make a quick announcement. If you've been following us on our Facebook page for our uh, for ministry page, you have seen this already. But if not, I'm real excited that uh, I'm finally at the point where we are releasing a book that that I just finished writing. It's called Abundance, 10 Bible Proofs of God's Provision. Right. We are so excited. You can actually get a digital copy and a hard copy. And so we've had some requests for that. And we are really excited to get this into your hands. Um, Just teaching you practical ways uh, that the Lord had showed you for our family. And yeah. so we're excited about this. I grew up in an area that was uh, was considered high poverty. It was actually uh, the most impoverished county in the state at the time. And so growing up, you saw a lot of people who were living in lack. But I, I never felt like that was God's best. I always wanted more. And as I grew up, I saw how those things shaped my understanding about whether or not God would meet our needs here in this life. And so the things that I share in there, hopefully they'll help you like they've helped us. And so we'll just encourage you uh, where you can get that later at some point. But be looking for that probably in the next couple of weeks. So, well, if you don't mind, six practical ways to grow your love. If you'll pray for us and we'll get started. Sure. Lord, we are so thankful that we have access to your love on the inside of us. We can love like Jesus loves. And we just thank you, Lord, that today you show us greater revelation on love, how we can walk in love with those around us, how we can show your love and demonstrate it in a practical way. We thank you, Lord, that your word doesn't return void. It accomplishes what you please in our lives. And we just thank you for every person watching that you meet their needs. You take care of them, Lord. And we just thank you that they also receive revelation on your love in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Just a quick recap uh, and then we're going to we'll turn to our scriptures and we'll begin. Uh, The first four sessions of this this podcast we want to encourage you go back and listen to those but we'll tell you what we learned about in those was uh, we learned that the love of God is on the inside of us. So we've been given the ability to love. Romans 5 5 tells us that. It says hope makes not ashamed. The love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that's been given unto us. So we have the ability to love. Right. And that's the best news. We have access to it. And then the second thing is that Jesus commands us to love. That's our great commandment is to love God and 
love others, but he's never asked us to do something that we can't do. So right. he gave us his own love on the inside of us so we can love. That's right. John chapter 13 uh, verses 34 and 35 says that. It says, A new command I give unto you that you uh, love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. And that's the interesting thing that Jesus specifically says, love one another as I have loved you. Right. And he was our great example. You know, he what he had a servant's heart. Uh, you know, we talked about the scripture where he was washing the disciples' feet and he, he didn't make any distinction which, between um, Judas and the disciples right. that were loving him. And so, um, it, you know, it's not always easy. That's our other point. It's not yeah, always easy to love the, people. The last point that we got to was that it's not always easy. We have the ability. Right. Uh, we have been given the command and we've been given the example, but sometimes it's still tough. And so these things that we're going to talk about today, these practical steps, I think will help us all to be able to put love into practice in our lives. Right. And it's exciting to know that we can grow in love. We can grow in love with one another. You can grow in love with your spouse. You can grow in love with your children. You can grow in love with those around you. And so um, we talked about in 1 Corinthians 13 that that love, description of love is love in action. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first point, um, six practical ways of how to grow your love is pray. So the Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. So we're going to look at a couple of scriptures real quick um, that talk about that. So you want to start with Luke? Sure. We'll start in Luke, the sixth chapter, uh, verses 27 and 28. Luke chapter six, verses 27 and 28 says this. Jesus said, but I say to you who hear, well, that's all of us, isn't it? That's everybody. <laughs> I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. So bless, pray, and do good. Right. Is what he says. Not for those who love you, but for your enemies. Right. And then looking at Matthew 5, 44, it, well, let's start at 43. You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love, that is unselfishly seek the best or hire good for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then on in 45, so that you may be the children of your Father who is in heaven. You know, uh, I, in teaching on this subject at our church recently, I said that it's difficult for someone like if you're upset with someone it's real difficult for you to stay mad at them while you're praying for them. right absolutely if you're praying for someone you'll find that it's hard for you to continue to be angry with them because when you take them to the lord in prayer uh, you find that the compassion that you have on the inside of you wells up and and you you begin to pray out things that you know lord i just ask that whatever hurt that they're dealing with, whatever difficulties they face that would cause them to treat me or someone else this way, help them with those. Send people across their path. If there's anything I can do, those right. kind of things really, uh, it, it makes it easier to love those difficult people. Right. One thing that, you know, I think it's kind of funny, but as I've prayed for people who maybe didn't treat me kind, it, the Lord really showed me that. He loves them too. <laughs> Even though they were unkind, He's not picking favorites. He's not picking sides. He loves them too. And He he wants to bless them right. and he wants to bless me. Right. And so he, he told us, 
pray and bless and do good to those people. And then also pray for yourself. You know, one of the most awesome things that I realized is you can pray for yourself to grow in love. So we have a couple of scriptures that show that. So I'm going to turn to Philippians 1, 9 and look at that one. Yeah, if you're looking for a, a great book to to help you to understand uh, these principles. We had a, a, a guest minister, a friend of ours who right. came to our church one time. Uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord now. He's got a great book. It's called Catching the Spirit of Prayer, or Catch the Spirit of Prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, Reverend Bruce Black. And so you can find that book, I'm sure, online or if you contact uh, their church. Mm -hmm. Grace uh, Point. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's Grace Point. Yeah, it's in, is it Peachtree City mm -hmm. in Georgia. But it's a great book. He came and shared some of these truths with us. And, uh, and I've never forgotten them. You know, they really ministered to me. And so I'm going to read this. This is a prayer that I pray over myself and my family every single day. And this I pray that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth, in real knowledge, and in practical insight. And so this proves that we can grow in love. We can pray for ourselves and others that our love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth, so we may just be at a surface level, but we can go deeper and love people in a greater measure. I heard a minister say this one time. He said, uh, love is a fruit. And he said, fruit can grow. That's right. And so our love can grow and we can pray and ask God to help us, to strengthen us and help us to, to grow in love. Absolutely. And another scripture um, that, that I love to pray as well um, is in First Thessalonians. And it's chapter 3. And let's look at 11 through 13. 11 through 13? Mm -hmm. You want me to read it? Yeah, I want to read that. Okay. It says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all men. That's right. And so our love can grow. We can pray for our enemies and we can pray for ourselves that our love would abound, that it would grow. And so we encourage you, look at those prayers, pray those over your family, pray those over yourself. And then, you know, if you have somebody at work, somebody in your family, maybe even who is um, causing you some hurt, you know, put them on a, you know, get a prayer journal and pray for them specifically, bless them. And the second thing that we're going to talk about is just as important, which is reading the Word. Read the Word, absolutely. Uh, when you get into the Word, and we're talking about all throughout the Bible, there are so many so many examples of the love of God towards us. Uh, a great example is reading the Gospels and seeing Jesus' love towards other people. Look at how Jesus loved uh, his disciples. Look at how he loved those that didn't love him back. Yeah. You can see that it is possible. Jesus gave us the example that it's possible to love people no matter where they're at on that scale. Right. If they are treating you kindly, those are the easy folks to love, right? Right. But Absolutely. those people that are difficult to love, like, like Judas, when Jesus knew he was going to betray him. The Bible tells us in John chapter 13, he knew what he was going to do to him, and he, he washed his feet anyway. What a great example. And you can find those things in the Word. One of the other places that we look at all the time we talk mm -hmm. about is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Right. And you know, this, I, I like to think of the Bible as a love letter to us. So it's 
filled. It's a love story of how God loves his people. And so when we read 1 Corinthians 13, that's something that I've made a practice of reading. And I look at it like a mirror. Am I loving like this? If not, then I need to make some correction. So reading 1 Corinthians 13 every day or on a weekly basis is so important because when you know the real then it exposes the fake. Right, and it shows you, uh, that, that scripture shows you what love is and what love isn't. Right. But that knowing the real versus the fake, it's like uh, I had a friend who worked in banking who said this one time. He said that they didn't, when he they were learning to recognize counterfeit money, they would look at $20 bills. He said, but we didn't look at fake $20 bills. He said, because there's lots of them. There's always a new counterfeit. He said the way that we learn how to recognize counterfeits is he said we looked at real $20 bills. Okay. He said because if you look at the real one enough, he said anytime something comes through that doesn't look like that, you know it immediately. And that's the same thing with love. If you look at the real, if you right. spend time looking what the Bible says about real love, then when something comes along that isn't real love, when someone tries to tell you that you're not loving them because you don't do it this way, I know what's the Bible say about love. Right. And if you look at the real in the Bible, you'll recognize the false when it comes. Absolutely. And we know that faith for anything comes by hearing That's and right. hearing by the word of God. And so I like to read scriptures out loud because I'm hearing it. Right. I'm reading it and I'm hearing it. And the more we get that in our spirit, that's what's going to come out whenever we need it. Right, exactly. So the first one is to pray. Right. The second uh, practical way is read the Word of God. And right. here, here's the third one, practice. Practice. Practice makes better. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> practice makes better. You know, I'm reminded of when the kids would uh, come home with those recorders, you know, that I think uh, it was like fifth yeah. grade or something. They'd come home well, and I'm those glad we are delivered from those. And it was like, <laughs> oh man, you know, they want to play for you and they're hitting all kinds of notes, but it doesn't take long. They practice and practice and practice, maybe in their bedroom with the door shut, but or outside in the back porch. <laughs> right. But they can finally play hot cross buns. Right. Because right. they practice and practice, you know, and, and how much did we practice with our son growing up playing baseball? You know, we practiced and practiced and practiced. Well, we have to practice walking in love. It's right. not automatic. We can grow in those things. And, you know, I remember uh, when the children were little, uh, we would love to take bike rides with them. And we, you know, we'd, have them all in a row. We were biking and uh, Abby Grace was too little to have her own bike. And so we had one of those carts that you would attach to the back of the bike. <laughs> so I was so happy when you were off work and you could pull that cart. But there were days when they wanted to go for a ride and I'd be the one pulling that cart. And it was real fun going down the hills. Real easy, real fun, you know, no problem. But it was when you were going up the hills and you were carrying that that cart on the back that oh man that's when you would really get the workout and you know at that time i was having trouble loving someone in particular and as i was struggling to get up that hill the lord was telling me you know how easy it was to coast to love those who love you back but the muscles in my legs were being developed by riding up the hill you know working out that and he was telling me the more i practiced the more I would grow and the easier it would be. So when we put those things into practice, when we make it a habit to practice walking in love, right. then that's whenever we're going to grow and it will become 
easier. And I think that's the, the point of that is that practice does make it become right. easier if I am willing to take that first step. And that's the thing is we have to be willing to exercise the love of God in our lives just the same as we got to right. be willing to exercise our, our natural muscles. Right. You, can, you can know that the ability is there to do it, but unless we exercise, we make that initiative or take that initiative to actually do it, then we'll never grow or get any stronger. Right. So practice, practice, practice. practice. Um, the fourth one is something that we've also made a practice of doing, and that is surrounding yourself with people who have a good love walk. You know, seeing those people that, man, they sure did handle that well. How did they do that? You know, and getting in a little closer and finding out how in the world did you love that person who was so rude to you? <laughs> well, that, and that, you know, that's, uh, it's interesting. The group that we like, that we find ourselves in, the, the friends that we have, uh, even the Bible college that we attended in Oklahoma, lots of times people say, well, you know, their emphasis is on faith. But I learned more about love than anything there. Certainly we learned about other subjects, but we learned an example about love. Uh, we read about love. We talked about love. We exercised love. And then you find out in Galatians that it says that our faith works by, by love. Right. And so why wouldn't a school that taught us faith also teach us love? But those ministers and friends of ours that we've had in our lives that we've surrounded ourselves with are people who've been wonderful examples of walking in love. And it helps us because when you see them go through something, you don't always see what other people are going through right. and how they carry themselves is where uh, oftentimes those things become evident. But to see some of the people that we know who have gone through some things where they've been hurt and the way they treat the people that hurt them mm -hmm. still, even in spite of that, was a great example of right. love. There's, there's an example about that that I... Um, I share about your circle. You know, we're supposed to keep people around us in an inner circle. Your life is full of these circles. Like this inner circle should all be people who are helping you and you're helping them, where you're mm -hmm. growing together. Then outside of that, you'll have other people in your life, maybe acquaintances or friends. Mm -hmm. They're not really influencing your life much uh, because they're not at a place where they can do that, but you're able to help them. And then outside of there, there's the world and all these other folks that, mm -hmm. you know, you you want to have them in your life so that you can possibly help them, but you want to make sure that you're not spending all your time with these people in this outer circle right. because it will cause harm to your level. Right. And, you know, so, so thinking about people at work, you know, there's always the ones that are like, hate the boss and are complaining every day. Don't hang around those people for run, lunch. Run, <laughs> run, 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 run go, from those people. Go find a, a quiet <laughs> spot to have lunch. And the same for, you know, in my marriage, I make it a practice of I don't talk about uh, our marriage except the good stuff, you know, to everybody else. You know, there's no bad stuff, really. It's all good really. stuff. It's all good stuff. But I'm, you, you won't hear me say anything negative about you uh, to other people. And I know it's the same for me. But I, at work or anywhere else, I don't want to be around people who are uh, looking to get a divorce, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. I want to be around people who love their spouse, who talk good about their spouse, because I want to know how to do that, too. I want to grow 
grow in that. So at work, in your family, in your friend groups, be careful who you're spending your time with. Look for people who have perfected their love walk. And it's it's really true that misery loves company. Right. When people are not happy in their marriages or their lives, they'll talk about that and try to pull you along. Right because it makes them feel better to have someone in their life to agree with them. I mean, who doesn't like to be agreed with? Right. You know, I mean, it, I would hang out you with people all day long that would just say <laughs> amen to everything that I said. But you don't want just people in your life who agree with right. you. You want to be a person who is, uh, you You have to protect your marriage. You have to yeah. protect your, your friend and relationships your and your love walk. That's something that you hold precious and you've got to protect it. No, right. my life Life isn't like that. It's better is right. what you say. Or you look at the good things. You know, the scripture right. says finally in Philippians, it says finally, brethren, whatever things are good, uh, good and lovely, lovely and, and a good report. Think That's on what those you focus things. on. It says think on those things. Right. So spend time thinking about all the good stuff. Right. I heard a guy say one time, he said uh, many times, he said uh, people will um, hit their thumb with a hammer working at their house and they spend all their time dwelling on the one uh, digit that's not working and they forget about the nine that are still doing well. So we know you'll have difficulties come up in your life and in your right. relationships, but if you focus on the positives of those and walk in love towards those people believing that the other stuff will line up, you'll find that, that things get better for you. Right. And, you know, even in the church, that's how it should be set up that the older men, older women are teaching us things because they've experienced those things. They, they are to grow and develop in those things. And so I love in Titus uh, looking at verse, uh, looking at chapter 2, verse 2. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love. So older men should be growing in their love in steadfastness, Christ-like in character. And this is one of my favorite verses here. Older women similarly are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips or addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good, so that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children. So I know a lot of times we think love's automatic. I either love you or I don't. You know, of course I'm going to love my children, but evidently there's a way we can grow in that. We are older women should be teaching younger women to tenderly love their husbands and their children. So we can grow in those things and the church should be set up to help us with that too. Absolutely. So uh, just to go back over these real quick, number one is we should pray. Mm -hmm. Number two, we should read the word. Number three, we should practice, practice, practice. Right. <laughs> uh, number four, surround yourself with, with people who are good at walking in love. Yes. Find some love experts right. and get in around your church, those folks. In your work, wherever you are. And then the fifth one is make things right quick. You know, the Bible oh, tells us, huge. give no place to the devil. Don't give right. him an inch because he will take a mile. Whenever, you know, we we may have an argument. I know nobody ever uh, would believe that we ever get in an argument. And they are few and far between. Fewer and fewer and fewer. But whenever we would have a disagreement, our goal is to resolve it as quick as possible. Because we don't want to give the, the enemy any room into let our me, marriage. Let me talk to the guys for just a second. I'll tell you guys, as a husband... Um, as a father, be the first one Amen. to make things right. 
be quick to go run. and right, absolutely <laughs> run because you don't want to give any room for the enemy right. to come in. Uh, I had a, a guy, an exterminator one time telling me I was working at a place that had mice coming in all the time. And I'm like, man, this place is like Fort Knox. I don't know how they're getting in here. I don't know what, you know, what's happening. That they're getting in here. And the guy said, that a mouse, as big as it is, it said they can squeeze through something that's the size of a, the, the eraser on a pencil. He said if they can get their head in, they can get their whole body in. And that's how the enemy Gross. is. He's just looking for some, <laughs> some spot where he can right. poke his head into your life. And if we allow him, when the scripture says give no place, I mean, we ought to be shutting every window, mm-hmm. locking every door, right. spiritually speaking. Right. Not just saying, you know what, devil, there is no... <laughs> No room for you in my marriage relationship. There's no room for right. you in my relationship with my friends. There's no room for you in my that relationship works. with my kids. And when when the devil tells you that uh, that relationship is going south, when it comes to God, be a person of faith. But when it comes mm-hmm. to the devil, be a doubter. Right. When he right. says he's going to tear your marriage apart, just say, I doubt it. Right. And say... Love never fails, so that can't happen. If I'm going to walk in love, love never fails. If he says he's going to, your kids are never going to talk to you. Your your boss is going to, I doubt it. I doubt it. Because I'm going to walk in love and whatever the devil is saying to you, we know he's a liar. The scripture tells us that. So if he's telling you that something bad is going to happen, you just bank on it. If you stay with God and his word, something good is about to happen. What does Karen say? She used to say that the devil (laughs) is a liar. And she said, everything he says is a lie. And so the opposite must be, be true. true. If the right. devil's telling you something, that's something that Miss Karen Jensen Salisbury mm-hmm. used to tell our kids. Right. If, it, if the devil's telling you something's happening, I mean, if he said the sky was blue, you say, I doubt it. If right. he's telling you that it, you know, if it comes out of the devil's mouth, just it's take it. Lie. It's a lie. So um, looking at Ephesians 4, um, verse 26 and 27 It says, be angry at sin and immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. So you can also put action, you know, to taking care of that offense and and making sure that it's growing, making sure that you're feeding and watering it, or you can cut it right down by running to that person and making things right immediately and giving no place to the devil. I remember there was a, a time there was a person who came to our church who, when they came, you know, oftentimes... You mean in the church sometimes there's a fence? Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. Uh, This this, this person came to our church and you could tell the first time you talked to them. They were telling you, oh, we left our last church because it was bad, you know, and they are telling you all the bad stuff. We mark it down. It's because they left offended. And if somebody leaves one place offended and comes to your church or your like your office, if they quit their last job mad, they'll come to your job already mad. Mm-hmm. If they come to your church because they were offended the last place, they will the the offense is high be carried. Yeah. And sometimes those people are frustrating. And as a pastor, I saw this person was 
causing harm to other people that were well-intentioned volunteers in my church and where they were doing things that were detrimental. And I called them into the office and discussed that with them. And as I was discussing it with them, of course, they got offended and they left. And so I prayed about it because I felt like if I did anything wrong, if I went too far in what I was saying, I didn't want to be the cause of their offense or cause them to stumble. And so in praying about it, the Lord had me go to that person directly. And I made apologies for the things that I said that were, that I overstepped. I was wrong and I said it. And I told them, I want you to know that I was wrong. I was right about this. We can't allow, you know, whatever this particular thing was, but I was wrong when I did this. I went too far and I want you to know I'm sorry. And I, I love you. And I even gave them a gift. And because of that, it ended up later, not automatically, I wish it happened immediately, but it ended up restoring the relationship and the person right. and I still have a relationship today right. where we're able to, to uh, be around one another, talk with one another in fellowship. Right. But it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been quick to go back and make that right. right. So, And, you know, they, they left our church and, and they didn't come back. But the most important thing was that love walk was restored. Right. And I remember specifically, we prayed specifically for opportunities to bless them. And we had two miraculous ways to bless them, which was able to make their heart more tender. And we were able to restore that relationship. So right. uh, we have seen these things work in action. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one that I want to talk about, you know, women, we plan for stuff. You know, I know sometimes the guys might just show up and look like they had it all together. Bless the Lord. But uh, women, we plan for stuff. We plan for events. You know, if we want to uh, be more financially stable, uh, this goes for everyone, or, or more health conscious, or if we want to be better, better parents, we read about it. We study about it. Right. We plan for it. We might plan out our meals. You know, we go to the grocery with our list. We plan for the meals. We're doing meal prep. We're putting our money in envelopes. We have to plan to walk in love. It does not happen automatically. You know, it's not falling off like ripe cherries, right? It sometimes doesn't feel at all like you want to walk in love with that person. But it's the same as if you are planning financially or, or you know, if you want to eat healthier, sometimes you don't feel like it. Right. But you have to do it anyway. And planning is how you how do you get that success. And you know, just as a just as a car owner, no one would ever drive a car and never do any maintenance on it. They wouldn't, you know, we what do we do? We maintain it. We check the air filters. Right. We change the oil in the oil filter. We check the fluids in it. Those things have to be maintained. You have mm -hmm. to you have to work at it. You have to uh, develop it, and you have to plan for. You know, if I don't do these things, what happens? I have to be prepared for those things. Our finances, our automobiles, right. our every every our other marriage. area. Yeah, you know, every it's, other area it's of amazing our how uh, you know new brides are going to have a book where they have every single detail planned out and spend so much time investing and planning for the wedding. But after the wedding, they may never make one more plan to love their spouse. That's where it matters. The most important thing is planning for those times and not just in your marriage, but in every area. If you know you're going to have a problem with somebody at work, if you know your personalities are not just right, make a plan. What can I do? 
Lord, what can I do to bless them? He knows them. He right. created them. He'll show you exactly what it takes to reach their heart. Prepare ahead of time. Right. Make sure that you are not ignorant of the enemy's <laughs> right. devices. Right. Absolutely. Um, so those are... This was fun, yeah, wasn't it? Was it? Fun. Yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Are, those are some practical steps. We said pray. Right. Number one. Number two, we said read the Word. Got to get in your Bibles, guys. Yes. Read the Word. Number three is practice. Practice. practice and you may practice. fail. You will fail. Right. But keep practicing. Right. Uh, number four, surround yourself with people who are great examples of the love of God. Yes. Number five, make things right Run. very quick. Don't walk. Make things right. And then number six, plan for it. We have right. to plan for success. Right. Guys, um, we know it was a little bit longer today, but we uh, wanted to make sure that we got all of these things out. We're excited about just continuing to grow with you guys and learning to live the abundant life. We love you. We believe for God's best for you. And we look forward to seeing you next week here on the podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.